We thank you. You be the speaker this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have been preparing this message last, actually last year. on, And as I was given to speak, I had a lot of troubles. What to speak? Even though I, I know I was prepared a long time ago, I'm thinking of this, but I want to put it down in paper and write it da down all that inspiration that I'm getting. And, you know, mostly when I travel to work, it's around 17 minutes it takes to reach to my work. And at the best time, I can pray and I can think of, and it's a, something that in the morning when I go to work, you know, it is such a fresh and um, good time that really a good thought comes and all that sort of. And uh, it is, and last week as Pastor Ben spoke about the faith, you know, then that confirmed that what I should speak today and I put it down in my notebooks and write it down. Even though it was late, I had to do some night shift. And yesterday, I slept up to 1 o'clock. Then I get up, <laughs> then had my lunch. Then I sat until 10 o'clock, and I finished my sermon. Even though it would be a bit longer, but I will try to finish. And if I can't finish, then I will stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Today, my topic of my sermon will see what you do not see. There are, in order to believe, in order to receive, there are things that we don't see, isn't it? And a Christian, the life of a Christian is not of a sight, but it's a faith, isn't it? So there are stops. You know, in my life, until the end, I have a hope. You know, until the end, I don't know about how Emily, as you know that Emily is going through this hard time. As a family, we go hard time. You know, tomorrow she has a city planning for radiation. Still, I'm praying, Lord, you can do a miracles. When they do a city scanning, they may so. There's no cancer. So that sort of faith God wants us to until the end. And I've been thinking of Daniel's. He was thrown to the den of the lions. Why did God do miracles before he throw? You know? They could have, oh, we tried to throw, but he, he doesn't fall into the den. He could have done that. But till the end, he was in front of the lion. And the lion, he couldn't open their mouth. What a wonderful God that we serve. You know, he's the God who gives hopes. He's the God who, you know, gives all the faith and he will build it. And to, in order to see that, we need to have, we need to have this, this eye of understanding. And today my first scripture is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. This is the prayer of Paul. He's writing to the Ephesians. I keep asking that the Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that 
the eye of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope of which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saint. However, okay, this, that was the, other, was the second. So here Paul's, this is praying for the Ephesians church. He prayed that Ephesians church come to know at least two things. The first thing he's praying about that they know God. And age, if you see book of Ephesians, where was it written? It was written, this is called uh, prison epistles, where Paul was in prison and he's writing. And here he's praying that Ephesian church, they should know God. And the second thing he wants Ephesian church to know, what he has prepared for them. What God has prepared for them. First, they should know God, and they should also know that what God has prepared for them. In order to believe, they should have the wisdom and revelation. But if they want to know what they have in God, they need to have their eye of heart enlightened. In order to know what they have in God, you know, many times we, what we have in God, we don't know. We can't see in this literal, the physical eye. But when we open, and today that's what I'm going to say, that age, all we know, we have a physical eye, a pair of physical eye. But today I want to speak something, a difference, that is we have, but we are not ever. That's what I'm thinking. This is very interesting, actually. We all are familiar with our physical eye, but it talks about our eye of understanding, the enlightened eye. That's what we are going to talk today. And all we have one pair of eyes, but today I want to bring the second pair of eye that we have. What is that? It's the eye of our understanding. Why do we need this? Because all that God has prepared for us, not evidence with our physical eye. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9, and this is a very familiar scripture, all you would have known this is. However, it has, seen, it has been written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. These are the scriptures that build our faith, isn't it? To put more faith in God and until the end. And there are many things God has not revealed so we can see in our physical eye. In order to see, we need the enlightened eyes or the eye of understanding. In 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 17, it says, You will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water. There are many things in our life we don't see, but God keep on blessing. We don't realize God adding one after another blessing. And that's what we don't see, but our God is unseen God. He, is that, he does things when we don't see. And when we 
you know, even relied, but God is a good God. There are certain things in order to believe, in order to receive, we need more than our physical eye that can help us. I believe God wants us to have this, each and every one of us, this enlightened eye. Bible say Christian life is not a sight of, it's not a sight, but it's a faith. We need this eye of understanding to see what God has prepared for us. It, most of we think that as a human, the physical eye is the most powerful that God has given us. But you must understand, human eye is not the most powerful eye that all the living creatures that live in this, this world. There is a animal called Tersia. And this is the small animals, it's a creature, it's the size of a squirrel. But it has so much of power, it can see the ultraviolet light. And if you look at the small creature like dragonfly and chameleon, they are the, some, we despise, they're this tiny you know, creature God has created. But they are very small creatures, but the power of their eye is much more superior than human. In human, the, the eye side of level is 170 to 180. Do you know how much the dragonfly can see? It can see 360 degree. That's amazing. Even though we are, we are super, a superior creature, what's going on our back, we can't see it, can we? No. We cannot see what is happening in our behind. There is another creature. There is another creature called leaf-tailed gecko. It is the size of leaf, but the eye of this small animal is 350 times better than human's eye. But the power of the man is not the power in his eye, but it is in the eye of his understanding. There are women, there was a woman by the name of Helen Keller. While she was very young, she lost her eyesight and her hearing, but she became amazing person, becoming very fruitful in her literature and in her social working. And this is the word of her, Helen Keller said, Helen Keller, she said, the only things worse than being blind is to have sight but no vision. Do you realize that a person is not bad if they lost their sight, but they became very, very bad if they lost their eye of understanding, the visions. What is this eye of understanding? It is seeing when there is nothing to see. It is seeing things before it began to exist. It is watching something before it's finished. The imagination, 
the vision so unique to human seeing when you don't see it many years ago a man who lived in hollywood by the name walt disney he he made a lot of children's movie for the children's he also built a facility called the disney world and today whole world you know it's wanted to see children wanted to go and see you know this man a wonderful man who lived long time ago when he finished uh, his i mean one part of the one part of the construction they finished it then they had the opening ceremony and after opening ceremony he asked his assistant to drive his car to father to his property then in certain place he got down and he looked in that direction for 20 minutes he just keep looking and his assistant got a surprise that's nothing what he's looking for 20 minute not one minute to look hey, let's go no 20 minute roll by his assistant got a bit surprised and asked sir what are you looking then old disney said i'm seeing the mountain it was there was no mountain it was a flat piece of land this man this assistant got this man is crazy then old disney asked the assistant to drive back to his office then he took a drawing board he started drawing the plans of the the space mountain the high uh, speed drive you know that's that's what the plans that he did and construction begins and middle of the construction as it was going on he passed away Walt Disney passed away and when the construction was over his wife has to come and do the opening ceremony one of their managers the who was the head of that time he said we greatly missed Walt Disney it is so unfortunate that he could not see this complete building and after some time when Walt Disney's wife came to microphone she said that is not right that is not true my husband saw before he construction this hallelujah we need to have that faith how did he saw that how did he saw that even before he began before he construction he saw that so that is not true he saw this building how did he see even though he didn't see his physical eye but he saw with his eye of understanding he saw this eye of enlightenment he saw it he knew it our god is god he want to give us that heart that we can see what he has planned for us and it 
many things in this world that we see. And the word of God says, all that we see, these are temporary. There are eternal things. There are things when we shut our eyes. There are things to see when we close our eyes, we can see. Am I right? That's what God wanted to give us. And that's what this morning our prayer is that God give us thy eye of understanding, the eye of enlightenment, that we see things in a different way. As a believers, if you want to see the mountain God has created for you, if you want to see it, if you want to have a glimpse of it, what God has prepared for you, you cannot see with your sight, but you have to see with your faith, with eye of understanding. You can be facing a lot of trials and problems. God can give you so excellent eyes so that you can see beyond what you see. As I was pre preparing this, the life of David is a very, it comes to my heart and my thought, and I thought about him actually, the life of David, how he could go and fought with this Goliath, a giant, and how did he see? Because all the Israelites, they were afraid. Saul was afraid. When he roared, they, the Israelites, they ran to the camp, ran to their tent and hide them. But Paul, the David, he saw it. And there are a few important lessons we'll try to learn from life of David. How he could see beyond the Israelites could not see, and how he could see beyond the present circumstances. Do you know that many times we confine with our circumstances, and within that, you know, we live. And uh, like Joseph, he went, he was sold by his brother, and he became, you know, he went to the Israel, uh, Egypt, and became even he was in prisons, but his vision, his dreams were always it would have in his head, but he would have forgotten because in prison you don't think about your dreams, do you? Will you think in prison, oh, I had the dreams, I should be big, no, you are. But one thing that comes to mind, even he thought about his dreams. There would be something to hold back that will not have it to pass. Why? Because Abraham was a shepherd who looking. All the Hebrew people, you know, Hebrew people are well known for their shepherd. It means looking after this cow and sheep and their buffalo, all these animals. Even when all these 70 people from Egypt to went, sorry, from Israel, they went to Egypt. All the 70 people, when the Joseph asked them to come, they came with their animals. That is why the Israelites don't, li don't like it, because they don't like these animals and those people. But the Joseph, his great, great, great grandfather, all they were shepherd. Even, you know, so if all the family is all shepherd, so how can you be think of being a king? You know, there are things 
we are com- I mean, confined with our circumstances. God wanted to see us beyond our circumstances. You may be whatever background, you know, whether it's educated, whether you have job, or it doesn't matter. See, God wanted you to see beyond your present circumstances. And he, David saw what others did not see. He see beyond what others were seeing. In First Samuel, this is a great story that David went and fought with Goliath. And this is the story of David facing the giant. Goliath was not an imaginary figure, but it, he was a real person. He was really, it was a real challenge to the Israelite. It was really a problem. It was a serious problem when nobody dared to face this problem, a small boy able to face him and come back as a victorious person. Souls and David, these two people saw the same person. Two people faced the same problem, but both of them saw indifferently. Sight of soul, the vision of David, sight of soul and the vision of David is totally different. Saul saw this problem with his physical eye, but David saw with his enlightened eye. The opportunity, souls missed the opportunity, but David saw this problem with his enlightened eye and came back as a winner. There are a couple of lessons we will be learning from this life of David. May God give us this morning the eye of enlightening to see what he has prepared for us. And uh, as David wanted to fought, as he come back to the field, and the story goes that actually David supposed he supposed not to be in that war field. Do you know that? He's supposed to be looked after the few sheep. He was not very rich, look like. It says, Bible says he had a few sheep. He's supposed to look after, but his dad, Jesse, his father, sent him, go and see. With Saul, there were three of his brothers who were there. Probably they were the strongest person. They are the, the mighty people, probably. That's why Saul invited, probably. Why don't you, you guys come with me? You stay. Let's see. Let's fight. Maybe they were thinking of fighting, but as David went and saw this, then he started talking. What will be done to the person who will kill him? At that time, and one of his brothers sees, then he abusing him. If you read the, those oh, whole 17 chapters of 1 Samuel, he says, why you are here? You're supposed to be looking after the sheep, the few sheep. You want to escape from that. You want to see the war. That's why you are here. But, you know, David, he did not care that. But he's asking, what will be done again to the other people? He's asking, what will be done if whoever fight with him and win? 
that is in this chapter, it's written twice. He's asking the people, what will be the prize? What would be, the, be done? If I am there, I would have said, what you're talking about, fries, you first come back as alive, then we'll talk about fries. Isn't it? Because he was a tiny little boy, a separate boy. He who he never had experience of war, who he never experienced of a orphans. What he saw and what the Israelites were seeing. The Israelites, they were seeing him, the Goliath, as a champion because he has all these things that he's wearing. He has a spear, he has a, all this woven in his mm, body, and they see him as a champion. And they see him head to toe covered with armor. They see him a champion carry his shield. They see him, he is not alone. He is with his, he has a companion who is carrying a shield for him. They saw him as a challenger. It is 40 day and night, this Goliath is roaring against Israel, come and fight. But all they were scared because they are seeing him, he is a champion and he is covered with you know, he loaded with armor, and he is a, he is, he has a companion who is carrying his shield, and he is not alone. That's why when they, they could not stand against him. That's why when he rode, they all they run. But if you see, First Samuel 17, verse 43, here is a shepherd boy comes, and the Goliath says, Am I a dog? Means, probably David is seeing him as a dog. That's why he comes with a stick. Challenge, the same challenge. All are seeing the same thing, but here David's, he sees it with his enlightened eye. And do you know that who he saw him? Verse 43, Goliath says, I'm a dog. You come to me with stick. Look at the way everybody saw him. Even though they had weapons, but could not stand against him. But David faces the giant with a stick. The person did not change. The only thing changed, he assessed the problem indifferently. When everybody saw a big man, David saw him as a small dog. When everybody saw the danger, David saw a dog. When Saul was scared of his opponent, David saw an opportunity in this man. The way sometimes we see things can change entire atmosphere. And there is a story that probably you may know that. The three people were building something. A wayfarer, a guy who was passing by, he asked, what 
are you building? Then one guy said, can't you see? We are laying a brick. Then he asked the second person, what are you building? Then he said, we are building wall. Then again he asked to the third person, what are you building? Then third person, he says, he has a big smile and he says, we are building a cathedral for the Lord. Sometimes our perception of the things, the feeling, the way that we talk, that has more power pulls, you know. That's why as in the beginning I said that I'm the guy, even though even you think bad and nothing change, you will be there. But until now, until the end, you will be superb. But if you have this heart of hope, that in, and if you see things in, enlightened, then you will have this hope. You know, this last guy said, we are seeing, we are building. Three people doing the same job. But, you know, he says, we are, with a big smile, we are building a cathedral for the Lord. And that's what, sometimes the way we, we see things can change the entire atmosphere. When we face problem, we pray to take away the problem. But God wants to say, I will give you a new eyesight. I want to give you enlightened eye. God says, I want to enlighten your eyesight. When I give you that, you face the same problem, but you will see differently. When Saul looked at Goliath, he could not come, come out of his tent because he was scared. How did David look at him? If you look, there's another scripture. Yeah. This is the, the second part, 26th of B. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine defied the army of God? Everybody saw warrior. Everybody saw enemy, everybody saw Philistines, but David see this fellow as uncircumcised Philistine. What does it mean? This means he has no covenant with God. He is uncircumcised. He has, no, he has not earned the favor of God. He, even he pray, God will not answer his prayer. God is not going to deliver him. He has no relationship with God. He, cannot, he can be tall. He can be fully loaded. He can be very strong whatsoever. He is an uncircumcised Philistine. The giant can be big. You cannot change the giant. You cannot change the problem. But you can change your mind. My God is bigger than the problems. My God, it's stronger than the, the we face. Who you are? You are a child of God. Who, the God who owned the victory on the cross. Why should I? We should be afraid. A thousands may fall at my side. And ten thousand may fall at the right hand. And I will not be afraid. Not be moved. That's what psalmist said. That's what David says in the psalm. When you move through the, through, when you move through the water, I will be with you. When you walk through the fire, 
I'll be with you. Don't be worried about this report. Don't be worried the problem that you face. Look, the Lord who made you, he will pass it this through. And he will also make you come out of as, as a victorious person. And there is a nice songs. It is it's just a beautiful words. It's really touched me. That is beautiful. This song it says, There is no problem too big. God cannot solve it. There is no mountains too tall. God cannot move it. There is no storm too big. God cannot come. There is no sorrow too deep. God cannot soothe it. If he carried the weight of the world on his shoulder, he will carry you. When God renew our mind, and when he gives this enlightened eye, we see a problem, not as a problem, but possibility for God. How did David saw? He saw a prize. That's what he asked. What will be done to the man who will come out as a victory, who will kill this giant? He saw the prize. He did not see the problem. He saw the prize. What will be done to this mess? This is, he was attracted to this prize, not for the problem. When people saw problem, David saw the prize. The moment you put your eye on the prize, the problem will not be like a problem. When Israelite in the wilderness, they saw Egyptians were chasing after them. They said, we are going to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to them, stand and see what the Lord is going to do today. You see the Israelite today. You, sorry, you see the Egyptian today. You will see them no more from tomorrow on. They saw the Egyptian were changing. They wanted to take back to their country again. They want to keep back them again as a slave. That's why they chased them after the, you know, freedom. But that time, Egyptian, the Hebrew peoples, they started saying, oh, we are going to die this wilderness. And now here they are comes with all the weapons, all the horses, all the chariot. Here they comes. We are going to die. Moses says, stand and see what the Lord is going to do today. Today, the day only you see the Egyptian. And this is the end. You will see them no longer anymore. You will not see them anymore. And that's what exactly happened. And after the crossing the river, they did not see anymore. God is a God. He is the God who gives our heart the enlightenment to see the problem is differently. To see, you know, when we see the prize, we work harder, isn't it? Is 
the Olympian champions, Olympian champions and all this, they work day and night and they, they practice, they make their body the discipline, what to eat, what not to eat, what to drink, what not to drink. They make everything very, very disciplined. That's what Paul in the Bible, it says that, you know, he says, everyone who compete in the game goes into strict training. They will they do it to get a crown that will not last, but they do it to get a crown that will last forever. Actually, Paul, in his time, the Greek and the Romans, is, they had this Olympian games, Olympic Games, and that's what he's talking about. And those days, when you win the game, they were not giving you silver medal or gold medal or bronze medal. All they were given is a crown, and that crown was made of olive branch. Not in my garden there is some, if you need it. You know, it is olive branch, and they gave in the crown. In a few days after, what will happen that? That's dried, it will fall the leaves, and that's what Paul says. Even for the incorruptible crown, they are trained, they take so hard time and the practice and practice and practice. If we look for a crown that is uncorruptible, the God is going to give, then how much we should discipline. That's what Paul is trying to say that. Our God is God, he, and I believe that for all of us, he has a prize for us because our, we put all our trust. We, he is everything to us on this earth. And Apostle Paul sees writing in Philippians chapter 3, 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize. And here, David he saw the prize, and he saw the prize. He wanted to fight, but all he had is stick. He don't have any spear or gun or any weapons. He doesn't have anything. And here, Saul says, wear my cloth and go for fighting. The first thing, Saul despised him. You are a young boy, you living boy. You can't do that. His brother despised him. And not only that, the opponent, Goliath, he said, you are a dog. He is also despising what you are coming. But he wanted to go because he knew that this Philistine, this guy is an uncircumcised guy. He has no covenant with God. God will not deliver him. He saw in a different eye, isn't it? The eye of enlightenment. And now he's ready to fight what he has in his hand. There are some time when we had to face the problems, we look for the things that we don't have. But God wants to say, what do you have? I will do the miracles. What do you have in your hand that could be more than what David has in his hand that is more than 
any weapons of the world that the man has made. He did not ask any help. He did not ask anything. What he had in his hand, he went to the world and he came back as a victorious. And sometimes if we put our, all our, our, our eye on God, and God can give you this enlightened eye. We see our problem, not as a problem, but it is a problem. It's not a problem. It is a possibility for God, a blessing. We see after always, after the rain, there is a sunshine. After rain, after dark cloud, there is a clear cloud. Little it comes. Let's have that faith. Actually, yeah. If you, and there is a very interesting story, like Steve Jobs, you know, who invented this Apple company and who became very familiar. I mean, the whole world people, they know him. And this man, if you see, it's very interesting, actually. He was such a poor man. Actually, he was an adopted child, you know, in America. And uh, this guy, he was working and uh, he, where he was working, do you know how does the Apple, the name of the Apple company comes? It's very, very, very interesting. Actually, he was a, whenever in the holidays, he was working in an Apple orchard. And the, the Machintosh Apple, it's a, a variety of Apple that's in America. That is where he was working. He had this, all this knowledge. He was an engineer. But he did not have investment. He did not have money. He had uh, plans and everything, but he did not have money. And uh, his friend, uh, Steve Wozniak or something, yeah. He these two, they decided they want to start a company. And the company was started, you know, very interesting. Started in a kitchen table. <laughs> Amazing. And how did they get money? It says that one person sold his, I don't know what sort of calculator that is. It says some sort of calculator or typewriter or something. And another sold a Volkswagen. And with the little money, they started this company. It's they, now they made it, everything, but they want somebody. They face the big problem is that how can you market this product? They don't have any idea because both of them were engineer, and they had one their old friend by the name John Scully, who was the chief executive in America for a Pepsi company, and he was earning millions. They went and asked him, "Would you come and join in our company? Would you be executive officer, the marketing officer?" Then he started and laughing said. You don't have any money to pay your employee. Why should I resign my job and come and join with you? They tried to convince him, but they could not. The last time Steve's job went to his house, John Scully's house, sat down and spoke to him. Then before he, said, before he got up, he says like this, do you want to sell, do, I'm sorry, do you want to spend all your life selling sugar water or do you want to 
take a chance to change the world. And he got up and he walked out. John Scully, he thought for a while, he wrote a resignation and submitted to the Pepsi. In fact, these three people, they changed the world today, isn't it? How did they show this? They had a faith, what they were doing. They see things will change. Sometimes God wanted to say, that's what the enlightened eye could see. There's nothing to see, but you're seeing things. That's what Walt Disney, see the mountain, the high speed route mountain where you want to create. That's what he see that. Very, very interesting when the people build houses, you know. I still am confused. I, mean, I don't understand, but before they build the houses, these engineers, they have a plan in their mind, everything set up. It's amazing, isn't it? Whereas we see, oh, now it's nice. Even though they see the pictures, we don't understand. Why? Because they have studied that. And God wanted to give that sort of enlightened heart today. And this is my prayer. Whatever you're facing, the problems, put your eye and whatever you have. Don't look for what you don't have. David went with the stick to face the giant. And that stick became more precious or more powerful than, you know, any the weapons that God, I mean, the human has made. And with whatever he had in his hand, he came back as a victorious. May the Lord bless us and give us this enlightened eye so that we see beyond our present circumstances. May the Lord bless us. Amen.